SaaS Revolution Show brought to you by SaaS Doc 2017, the conference to turn your SaaS up to 11. In this brand new episode of the SaaS Revolution Show, Alex Humer is joined by Martin Henk, co-founder and head of product at Pipedrive, who goes deep on product. Let's hear more from Martin. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show. Martin Henk, uh, head of product and co-founder of Pipedrive. Hello. Hey Martin, how's it, how's it going? You uh, in Estonia today? Yes, yeah. um, I'm doing well. Good, very good. And um, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, Pipedrive, its headquarters are in Estonia. You're a, a couple of hundred people right now, I think. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So the, uh, the biggest offices are in Estonia, in Tallinn. We yep. also have a small office in Tartu. And we have an office in New York and now also in Lisbon. Okay, very cool. Why Lisbon? Uh, for many reasons. Um, it's a really good city. Uh, it's in a really good time zone. Um, so two hours closer to the Americas, so we can uh, better support um, and do sales from there. But uh, we also have uh, a developer uh, community there. Um, so uh, building um, new product teams uh, in Lisbon as well. Okay. So uh, access to good talent. Uh, people are still eager to work. Um, so many, many different reasons. But also, uh, since Pytro has uh, a huge uh, customer base in Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, also the Portuguese language is important to us. Okay. Uh, but also people in, uh, in Lisbon speak really good English. So we uh, get uh, both of these two important languages for us. Yeah, of course. It, uh, I mean, it make, makes sense. And uh, I mean, Lisbon is uh, very much being seen as a, a real sort of up-and-coming startup uh, sort of tech hub. In, uh, in Europe, and uh, I guess uh, obviously with Web Summit going there as well, there, there's going to be um, some kind of uh, effect to kind of fan those flames to, to see it sort of flourish as this, uh, this startup uh, hub within, uh, within Europe, and the weather's great, right? So uh, oh, that, yeah. that, <laughs> that always helps. Um, but, um, uh, you, you know, so uh, just getting back onto uh, uh, a track uh, here. So, um, you know, today, not surprisingly, as your head of product of um, uh, PipeDrive, uh, you know, would like to focus uh, th- this podcast around you know product and you know bringing it back to obviously product for you know SaaS companies. Given our audience are um, you know SaaS founders and execs, and uh, uh, and of course um, you know PipeDrive are uh, you know one of the most successful SaaS companies that have uh, you know come out of Europe of uh, uh, of recent times. Um, so uh, you you happy with that? Happy to talk about products. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I love to talk about product. Yeah, good, good. Uh, well, I think um, uh, I think that definitely helps. So, uh, before we get into product, let's let's find out a little bit more about you. Um, you know, uh, a little bit more about PipeDrive. Um, so, you know, tell me, uh, you know, or tell the audience, you know, who is Martin Henk? So yeah, um, I'm Estonian. Um, um, right now, based in Tallinn, um, I taught myself to code um, in the late '90s, early 2000s. And I've been launching web projects ever since. Um, there's been three, four, five, depending how you count them, um, and all of them have failed. Okay. Until uh, finally, uh, Pytro happened, and that is doing well. Um, so th- that was good. <laughs> uh, I've I held many different hats uh, over the years. I've worked as a uh, coder, as a designer. Um, here at Pipedrive, I also used to run support for many years, uh, and now been doing product uh, for the past three, four years. 
Okay, okay. And um, so let, let, let's find out a little bit more about um, pipe drive. I mean, can you, I guess, kind of first of all, tell, tell us, I think, you know, everybody's heard of pipe drive, right? But uh, maybe there, there's a couple of people on here who don't know much about pipe drives. Tell, tell us what is pipe drive and, you, you know, a little bit about the founding story, because I think there's, there's four co-founders. Is that right? Uh, that's, uh, there's actually five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty unusual. Um, so, sure, pipe drive is a tool for salespeople mm -hmm. that are selling something expensive that takes a long time. And we're very much focused on the uh, small business. So, uh, it's kind of like a CRM, and it has a CRM in it, but it's mostly focused on uh, active sales, and uh, it can also be called complex sales, where someone has a longer conversation with some other people, uh, and it goes through phases. Um, and if you have more than 10 of these going on at the same time, you're trying to actively sell something to uh, some companies, it's really easy to lose track of like how far along you are with each of these uh, conversations. And Pipedrive makes it really visual, very um, um, simple for the salesperson to keep track. And uh, that makes them more efficient. And they seem to like it. So uh, we have more than 50,000 customers now all over the world. Okay, not bad, not bad. And, uh, and, and so how did the five co-founders come together and, uh, you know, come up with this, um, uh, the, the, this product, uh, this company? Yeah, so there's uh, two groups uh, within these five founders. Uh, there's uh, the three of um, kind of more of the, uh, the technical side guys, uh, myself, another Martin, and, uh, and Ragnar. And we have been doing uh, web projects for a long time together already. Uh, but... We didn't know much about sales at all, and I personally was a really bad salesperson. I still am. Uh, and then the other two were Timo and Urmas, and uh, they're great at sales. Uh, they have been doing door-to-door uh, -door book selling in the U.S., and then when they came back, they, uh, they were part of this uh, sales consultancy uh, for more than 10 years. And they were going from company to company, teaching other people how to sell better, teaching the, uh, the pipeline concept, um, activity-based selling, all of these things, and they needed a tool for themselves to sell their service and also something to recommend to the customers. And they went through many, many different CRM tools, and they didn't like any of them. Uh, and they certainly couldn't recommend any of these to the customers until they finally found one that looked really good on paper. They paid a huge amount of money for it, and then once they had implemented it, <laughs> none of the salespeople were using it. And they, all of them still had uh, sales pipeline on the wall with post-it notes. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a painful realization for them that something is like so wrong in the industry. Uh, the salespeople are not willing to use the tools. And they decided to roll their own. And through luck, we met up. And uh, we had just come off uh, <laughs> an un unsuccessful project. We had a social network for people that really like their pets. Uh, where you could upload the pictures of your dogs and your cats and uh, then other people could uh, rate them and uh, comment on them and uh, interact. And that went bankrupt. And we, uh, we were looking for uh, our next challenge. And Timo and Urmas, they offered us uh, the opportunity to build a tool for salespeople that the salespeople would actually like to use. And we said, yeah, why not? And uh, so this combination of us being able to build these uh, consumer web apps and uh, their ability to really know the, uh, the pains and needs of the salespeople came together into this tool that salespeople actually like. Okay, very good. And, um, uh, and how long has Pipedrive been going now? 
seven years. Seven years, okay. Uh, and, and within that, you're um, you're a couple of hundred people globally. You've raised is it thirty two million or north of that? Yeah. I think thirty two. Uh, okay, uh, and um, so within the seven years, uh, thirty two million raised, a couple of hundred people. Really, a, a global you know company now. Um, you started off as uh, had a customer support. I, I, I actually I actually started out as the uh, the chief technical guy. Okay, uh, but since we had uh, users really early on and the product wasn't ready for them, someone had to support them. Yeah. So uh, pretty quickly, I moved into doing support full time, and the other Martin took over the uh, the CTO role. Okay. And uh, then I did support and ran support for three years until I uh, realized that I couldn't uh, scale that organization. I was mm -hmm. doing too much support myself mm -hmm. and not uh, really scaling that uh, team. Mm -hmm. And so we hired another Martin <laughs> to run support, and uh, I moved into product management. Okay. And at that moment, we had, um, I think, two designers and two product managers in Tallinn, but there wasn't anyone like uh, running the overall picture uh, in a dedicated way. And uh, I took over that role, moved back to Tallinn from California, and um, yeah, been doing that ever since. Okay, very cool. And uh, so, like, how big is the, uh, the the product team now that that you look after? Yeah, we have twenty four people in the product organization now, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much half and half of uh, product managers and designers, mm -hmm. and uh, a data analyst and uh, a researcher as well. Okay, uh, and, and how do you go about um, you, you know hiring the these product managers and uh, designers, or effectively your team? Uh, I, I guess, uh, or, or I'm guessing here, you know, are the majority in Estonia? So you're sourcing Estonia as the the talent pool, um, but you, you know, can you just give a few more sort of insights into how you sort mm -hmm. of recruit uh, product managers? Yeah, historically it has all uh, been in Estonia. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, we're also uh, hiring people in Lisbon. But the hiring process in PyDrive in general is really long and complicated anyway. Mm -hmm. So even uh, interns go through at least four interviews okay. uh, before they get uh, hired. Um, so everyone else uh, gets even more. Product managers and designers are extremely complicated uh, roles. Um, so the, the process is even uh, more complicated. We have several rounds of interviews, uh, like regular interviews. Then we have uh, homework assignments. Uh, we have uh, a presentation of that uh, homework assignment in a, in a larger group. And then we have several group interviews. And uh, these can also then go on as uh, after work uh, meetings, uh, over drinks, uh, figuring out uh, the team chemistry and all that, yep. until someone is uh, actually hired. Okay. Uh, what are the key things, perhaps, that you look for in uh, in a product manager? So there's uh, several things that we're looking for. Um, so they they do need to be um, slightly OCD. Okay. So uh, we do look for people that get annoyed when uh, things are not orderly, uh, but not overly so. Like they they need to be uh, kind of uh, able to function. <laughs> Also in a yeah, slightly you, messy room. You don't want them flipping desks and throwing yes. laptops, right? <laughs> yeah. Then um, this ability to kind of be in the middle of uh, so many things going on, everyone kind of pulling in uh, their own direction, 
uh, being able to manage all of these uh, different uh, views and requirements that come from uh, from up high uh, from uh, other people in the organization. So a product manager is constantly in between developers, designers, other product managers, uh, executives, uh, support people, salespeople, um, and on top of all of that, no one really reports to the product manager. So they, they need to get work from designers, they need to get work from researchers, they need to get the developers to build stuff, but none of these people kind of report to them. So this ability to juggle all of these responsibilities while you don't really have any power uh, over these people other than uh, uh, <laughs> being a nice person and, and persuading other people to do great work. Um, we're looking for people that are able to do that. Um, I think these are the, the two major things. There's a, there's a list of uh, uh, things we're looking for and uh, have developed interview questions for, but I think these are the two major uh, items. Okay, very cool. And then sort of moving from, I guess, like people and product managers and, uh, and hiring to the, the actual product of Pipedrive itself, right? So it's seven years old. Um, you know, how, how different is the first version of Pipedrive to what we see today? Uh, you know, and, and how many uh, changes, uh, you, you know, perhaps have you, have you done through that time? Yeah, so when you open it up, the first glance is actually eerily similar. Mm -hmm. uh, we still have all of these uh, really, really old, like six, seven years old uh, screenshots uh, floating around. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't appear that much has changed <laughs> meanwhile. <laughs> so still the, uh, the first screen is the pipeline view where all your deals are, uh, which is a um, Kind of hint to the salespeople that this is where the money is, and uh, that's the most important part where you need to do most of your work. And it looks pretty similar to this day, um, but of course, over the years we've added uh, a huge amount of functionality, uh, where some of it is uh, more easily seen, uh, like uh, reports or like a better search, or like uh, when you click on a deal, uh, that view looks very different from how it looked uh, in the old days. And of course, we've added uh, a lot of integrations. Like uh, you can now read your email and send emails from within PipeDrive. Uh, so a lot has been added. But uh, if you if you logged in six years ago and saw the first screen, and you log in now, uh, not much has changed. Okay. And and how do you go about um, so sort of the, the changes uh, that you have made? You know, how do you go about making these product improvements? Uh, slowly and carefully. Okay. <laughs> that's that's the biggest challenge of uh, kind of improving the product without fucking it up, and it's uh, it's a it's a constant struggle, of course. Um, especially when the the team is growing, uh, we now have like more than ten product teams. Uh, they're somewhat independent. Uh, everyone working on their own stuff. So making sure that like people are improving the product by kind of uh, staying true to the vision and making sure that adding features doesn't ruin it. Um, so it's, uh, it's so easy to happen when you keep adding features. Everyone only cares about their own KPIs and like, making their own feature better and, uh, and more functional. And the, uh, the overall uh, user experience can suffer. Um, I don't think it has too much uh, for Pipedrive, but it is a result of uh, hard work from everyone. 
Okay, and uh, and you yourself um, had a product for three years, but you know, a developer, um, you know, have had five uh, failed startups, uh, you know, before this. Um, you, you know, about sort of product. Where do you specifically go to learn? Um, you know, uh, about product and, and how you can improve your knowledge in building better products and managing, I guess, better you know product teams. So. Many, many places. Um, so there are a lot of really good books uh, about products. Um, we have a small book club at PyTribe, like a Slack channel where everyone recommends books to each other. Mm-hmm. And we're really uh, trying to get people to read more and more uh, all the time. Then, of course, blogs, uh, podcasts, uh, and uh, events, uh, obviously. And uh, also visiting other companies that are uh, building products. Um, so we, we do look up to uh, uh, many other SaaS companies and uh, try to visit them and uh, talk to them. Um, the, a few that come to mind uh, where we've visited and talked to product people are Intercom and Zendesk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also visited uh, Mailchimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also uh, yeah, smaller ones where like, it's, uh, it's always a really good way to... Um, to learn, to see how other people are doing things and uh, and not necessarily take stuff over, um, but just to analyze how you are doing uh, things and uh, and generate new ideas yourself. Okay, very cool. So uh, so, so how does that uh, sort of go about? You pick up the phone to Des Trainer and say, hey, Des, it's Martin from Pipedrive. Can I, can I come over and uh, sit with you for a couple of days or... Yeah, pretty much. We usually go through Timo, our CEO. Yeah. Uh, he has uh, relationships with other um, uh, CEOs, mm-hmm. um, so he would, yeah, uh, he would basically email Owen and uh, ask him to introduce us to Paul, and then, uh, um, yeah, Paul would say, okay, yeah, <laughs> I'll try to find time, and then I fly over and uh, I spend time uh, in their office. And the same happened with Sendesk, um, and it's it's kind of strange at first. Uh, but once you're over there and uh, you uh, start the discussion, then he's actually uh, really nice and uh, useful. I hope for both. Cool. No, very good. And you, you know, I mean, in, in my whilst I, I I've never run a SaaS company, but of course, in the last couple of years, I've been involved within the the, the SaaS community. It's just something that you know, one of the main things that kind of really stands out how like open everybody is, how everybody, even like, you know, some that are, you know, slightly sort of competitive, you know, just want to help, you, you know, others succeed, you know, and, and will share best practices, whether it's kind of online. And even, you know, in this instance, as you say, kind of open doors and, you know, welcome, uh, uh, you know, people to their offices. But, uh, but perhaps um, uh, we don't encourage everybody listening to uh, start to email Owen McCabe or uh, uh, Paul Adams <laughs> to say, hey, Martin tells me that you can, uh, you, you open your doors to come in so we can, um, you know, do a bit of an internship or something like that. But, uh, um, yes, yeah, so we're, not, we're, we're not advocating that, uh, by the way. But, yeah, <laughs> don't all email them. Yeah, not all. All of you, not all of you. Um, very good. But uh, so, um, so we know like, where you learn about products. What about like the, the challenges that you've had uh, on products as you scale PipeDrive? Um, yeah, to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's um, it's been a learning experience for everyone. Um, since in Estonia, we've had great designers, great developers for a long time now, but we haven't had. Um, 
too many of these like SaaS companies uh, with also product management and marketing in Estonia. So uh, that part has been a, a huge learning experience uh, while we were growing. Um, so we were lucky to get um, our VP of engineering from Skype who came over and, uh, and he introduced uh, Scrum. So we got the engineering part in order, but to kind of complement it with uh, product management, we, we've had to like reinvent a lot of it. Um, so going from one product team to two to four to eight and so forth, um, how we do product management has changed a lot. And it has gone more and more into um, the teams first just solving uh, tickets uh, pretty like randomly, uh, jumping from one project to another, to now every team having uh, a topic or like long-term uh, goal of uh, or area inside Pipedrive that they are responsible for, uh, that they own, uh, which creates kind of more engagement from uh, from the team developing these features. They kind of understand their own vision, uh, where they are going, like a long-term roadmap, uh, and also they know now so much more about that area. So the team working on uh, reporting, or the team working on email, or the team working on uh, our mobile apps, they know so much more about that area now that any of the founders are the, uh, uh, the, the leaders in the company. So uh, they are able to uh, propose their own roadmap, uh, their own uh, product vision for that area. And that has been this like ongoing uh, process of giving more and more control to the teams. Okay. And, and so the, the, these are the, the, the challenges that you, you've highlighted as you scale. Um, now, every company, uh, I, I'm sure, has, uh, you know, multiple failures, you know, um, during their lifetimes. Um, you know, if you're happy to talk about it, you know, what, what has been the biggest kind of product failure to date um, that perhaps uh, there's kind of learnings, not only you know for yourselves, but for others that are listening, you know, perhaps avoid doing this because it didn't really work well for us. Oh yeah, sure. Um, I would say that the uh, one of the biggest failures, and the, it, it was kind of a, a pattern at some point, uh, was confusing Agile as, as a method of like uh, managing products. Um, or like a better way of saying that is um, when we started using doing Scrum, uh, we were like all in on Agile, and I still think it's a really good method of uh, getting stuff built and out the door. Uh, so the uh, the development teams are still using Scrum and they're like doing Agile stuff, but Agile as uh, a product management method, um, I don't think it works. So uh, we had several projects uh, early on where teams were just working and working, doing Scrum, uh, even completing their sprints, but not shipping anything. Um, meaning that these couple of really big rebuilds where we rebuilt the pipeline view in a new technology or rebuilt the, uh, the deal detail view, like what you see when you click on a deal, uh, they, these have to be rebuilt uh, based on new technology and also new functionality. And it just took forever. So everyone was kind of working, stuff was moving, but we weren't delivering value to the customers. Uh, since we didn't have the scope uh, defined properly, we didn't have 
any deadlines. We didn't have kind of constraints on that um, work. We were kind of happy with just um, the fact that, okay, we're doing Scrum. Uh, we have sprints planned. We had uh, tasks groomed and stuff was moving, but we weren't delivering any value. And that was that took us maybe six to nine months to realize that like that's not a good way to work. Um, and since then, we uh, started uh, doing a lot more uh, research, design, and uh, like thinking stuff through, and uh, and really defining the scope uh, before we start building anything. And we also started doing uh, roadmaps and putting deadlines in place. And lately, I hear more and more talk about why roadmaps are bad and why you shouldn't try to estimate stuff. And I. I strongly disagree with these things. I think uh, introducing roadmaps and, and deadlines into our process was critical. Um, having constraints uh, really forces you to be more creative and uh, cut scope and really prioritize stuff and figure out what is the, the most important thing I can build uh, within that time frame. And yeah, like <laughs> people are extremely bad at estimating but that doesn't mean that we should do less. We should do more of it if we're bad at something. Sure. So uh, introducing these things, uh, I think, uh, kind of saved us uh, from that uh, really bad place. And now uh, we're back at um, a process where developers are still doing Scrum, but product management is doing product management in a much better way. Okay. And what about the, the biggest product success? I would say recently the uh, the new uh, email integration that we launched uh, last July, mm -hmm. it took a really long time and uh, and also included many uh, misfires along the way, but the the end product is really kind of valued and, and appreciated by the customers and uh, although it requires them to uh, pay more more for it, uh, they eagerly upgrade to the the, the new functionality, which kind of validates the, uh, the value that uh, this new functionality is bringing. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. And so we, we come to the end of the show now, Martin. And uh, so we, we, we've got a lot of great insights from you on, uh, on products. Um, uh, so, we, you know, we thank you for that. And, uh, of course, we know that uh, last year you spoke at SASDOC, uh, the uh, inaugural conference, and you're coming back this year to speak at 20, uh, SASDOC 2017 in September in Dublin. Um, what can we expect to hear from you uh, this year? Uh, you know, what are we going to learn from you uh, this time around? Yeah, um, so one thing that we have been struggling with uh, in Pipedrive is uh, communicating the product vision in a way that actually people get and internalize and, and remember. And doing it uh, through like technical descriptions uh, hasn't really worked too well. And the, uh, the, the vision that comes from Timo and Dormas and myself uh, somewhat uh, is going to unevenly spread in the organization. Um, so we've struggled with that, and uh, over the past six months, uh, we've worked with um, uh, this uh, jobs to be done concept, and trying to use that uh, to um, to communicate the, uh, the product vision in the company. And through this work, um, we've, we've come up with a our own version. We moved away uh, from calling it jobs to be done because there's 
like turns out there's three different jobs to be done mm -hmm. in the world and they're like somewhat different and also whenever you say job um, everyone kind of has their own idea in the in the head what that actually means so we moved away from that and um, we came up with a concept uh, that we call fireballs um, so um, Hopefully, in September, I'll be able to uh, speak about the success of uh, using Fireballs uh, to kind of, uh, communicate the product vision inside the company. Very cool. Well, uh, looking forward to that and uh, seeing the title. Maybe we just call it Fireballs, uh, you know, to be short and mysterious, uh, and people can go and see you speak about Fireballs. But uh, I think it's, uh, it, it sounds very exciting. So, um, uh, yeah, pumped uh, uh, for that and uh, looking forward to it. So, um, yep, yeah, uh, say so come to the end of the show, Martin. Thanks so much for being a great guest today. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. No, it was a blast. You're welcome, definitely. And, uh, you know, all the best with pipe driving. We'll see you in September in, uh, in Dublin at Sastock. All right. Cool. Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye.